0: that honest with each other excuse at me. this point i've canceled today because of who i am as a
1: person <laughs> i'm feel,
2: feel that. Hey i gonna
1: start saying that instead of making up an excuse instead of making excuses that's what i'm gonna start saying i, I, I i'm sorry guys i can't make it today because who i am as a person
2: i use that so so are you are you, you
1: are you joking or are you actually gonna be there no i'm really no, not coming I because i really don't, don't want to
0: you guys cannot leave me alone to record an episode on the same day. That's the only thing I require <laughs> of you. <laughs> I need at least one warm body to speak into the mic.
1: I'm here in spirit.
0: Mm-mm. Mm-mm.
1: I have no spirit. I'm a ginger. He's
2: here in...
0: No, that's no soul. You can still... Have- it's
1: the same fucking I don't thing. Think, I
0: don't think it is, like, because there's, like, school spirit.
1: Okay, so one exists and one doesn't.
0: Yes. School
2: spirit is made up. Yes. Exactly.
1: <laughs> School spirit is in indoctrination to teach you to conform.
2: Right. Tattoo the school's logo on your chest. No.
1: <laughs> Don't
2: you love your school? What are
1: you honestly making you do?
2: Well, even like the the mantras of some of the schools is like, you know, bite them. You know home of the dogs, bite them. Or like home of <laughs> the cats, scratch them. <laughs> it's like, like have to be physically violent towards another school. <laughs>
0: We've come from afar, bringing tales from before. Old oh, dragons drink bourbon, but we three
2: drink more. <laughs> Disclaimer. Controversial things said on this podcast are only in jest and satire.
1: Satire's dead. Idiots killed it.
2: Just like my hopes and dreams.
1: That was the government. Mm. Holy shit. I forgot I can't read.
0: All right. Welcome to episode two. We survived a whole nother week. Barely. In case you didn't already know, you are still listening to Dragons Drink Bourbon. I'm Ella.
1: I'm Cletus. And I'm Miles.
0: We're bringing you a new tale this week with a splash of bourbon on the side.
1: Today we'll be drinking Four Roses. It's made in Lawrenceburg, Kentucky, and it's aged six to seven years. It was one of the ingredients we used in last week's drink, which was bloss- bourbon blossoms. But today we're drinking it on the rocks. Straight up.
2: Might so, I add that this Four Roses is quite delicious?
0: Ooh, I'm glad. I only Sponsor like- us!
2: please (laughs) we love it
0: i only bought it because it came with two pretty glasses and it was at the liquor store and i was like well if i'm gonna spend the same amount on a bottle or a bottle with two pretty glasses i do not need in my overstuffed cabinets i'm gonna buy the one with the glasses
1: duh that's that's how i i like pick my prostitutes i want the one with the glasses
2: (laughs) two times the fun
1: us. <laughs> <laughs> can't read
2: right honesty is the best policy
0: well you guys have a good week
2: no it was a long but, week a very long week. but it's
1: over so
0: and we got drinks now yeah we're recording
1: yeah
2: yeah
0: definitely not on a saturday because like we have popping lives
2: way too busy to record on saturdays
1: that's that's a fact <laughs> i just woke up like an hour ago for not for not really. Of busyness. Yeah, yeah. Not, I mean, like, woke up as in, I don't know what I mean.
0: People are here. I have okay. to tell yeah. this <laughs> That third eye. Like, you're like third like eye. <laughs> basically,
1: oh shit, I got to take a shower. They'll be here any minute. Fair enough. Here we are.
0: Well, for our theme today, I thought since this episode will release less than a week before Christmas, I wanted to offer my friends Cletus and Miles as well as our listeners, a tale of ominous warnings. I don't
1: like almonds. Yeah. Christmas carols are eerie to me.
0: So this will fit right in. Yeah. Uh, warnings specifically that incest is ugh, gross and fruitless pursuits are by definition a waste of time. So cut them out. This
1: sounds like a biblical story.
0: Oh, Well, and... I was really trying to get to the idea that, like, maybe we shouldn't spend our precious time arguing politics at another holiday dinner table. (laughs) Again. Fair. So that's how I'm tying it in. I'm making it work. I'm forcing it. But today's topic is the Arthurian legend of the questing beast. Okay. Most closely related to the Thomas Mallory version, which was the kind of the most common version that people know from lamort darthur which was published in like 1485
1: i don't know anything that you're saying
0: good it'll be new
2: well i actually wrote a story based on the questing beast in a dream that i had because i never that never happened really oh
1: yeah you should have kept going i got really i know you see, you should have kept going
2: yeah i didn't want to let you guys like drop too far oh no
1: you should have that would have no, been perfect it would have been like well tell us <laughs> like, more
2: yeah. and then i like do this whole 20 minute and spiel and i'm like actually
1: I no did then you just the the never guilt? say you made it up the yeah. guilt
0: was so apparent in your eyes like <laughs> you don't
1: you don't say you made it up until we've been talking for 20 more minutes about something else then you could go oh yeah by the way that story i told it completely fictional i made it all up
2: and i usually do stuff like that but i respect you guys as colleagues too much to do that to you
1: That's
0: too bad. I I made
2: that up too. I'm probably going to do that to you guys at one point. He
0: hasn't had enough to drink yet, so the guilt is still present. There you go. (laughs) Well, a quick warning before I start, which you might have gathered already from our first episode. I am going to pronounce something wrong. Just because this isn't Norse doesn't mean that I haven't come across new names. And google does not want to help me succeed Mm -mm. okay thank you now it's story time we begin with king arthur which i hope is none too shocking given that i told you it's an arthurian tale
1: that's what that means
2: oh not arthur from the east side no like king
0: arthur
1: not not arthur the the beaver that wears glasses or whatever the hell he is. Caribou? Aardvark. What is he?
2: Aardvark. He don't look like one. A-A-R-D-V-A-R-K. Aardvark. That was an episode.
1: Well.
0: King Arthur. <laughs> oh, okay.
2: <laughs> Not an Aardvark.
0: <laughs> now, in order to place him in his first encounter with the beast properly, I need to give you some mildly tedious mythology-esque background. Okay. Which... In all honesty, is how I start most of my stories in real life, so I hope you're excited. Of course. In order to become the king of Camelot and great uniter of Britain, Arthur had to hustle. He fought many, many battles and defeated many, dare we say, lesser kings. The more his fame spread, the more he networks. Take notes, folks. With some pretty worthy knights. Among these knights are visitors from overseas, including the brothers Sir Bon and King Bors of Gaul. During, I don't know, afternoon tea or something, mm. <laughs> Arthur receives news that another of his friends and worldly associates, the King Leo de Grands of Cameliard, was under attack by those pesky Saxons and in dire need of some strong boys to help him out. Our best guess as to the placement of his kingdom is somewhere between Sherwood Forest and North Wales, perhaps with historical roots in Cornwall. Okay. King Arthur was all, I'm on it, and rushed off with the aforementioned Serban and King Bors to provide aid. Now, this is the first time he meets Princess Guinevere, who you can probably guess makes a pretty damn good impression on our young king, Since, spoilers, she is his future wife and queen. Seeing as Arthur and company are victorious, he probably made a decent impression himself. Sir Bon and King Bors return to Gaul, but Arthur makes way for the town of Carleon on the River Usk. Along the way, Arthur, who has been working ever so hard around the clock, stops to take a power nap. How do you take a power nap?
2: Look, if you've never taken power naps... I swear by them. they're amazing.
0: Do you actually take them successfully?
2: Successfully. I'm Anytime take I' take one after them this podcast?
0: I wake up like
1: seething with rage. Well,
2: okay, so it's a mindset. You have to like time your body just right, so like control your breathing, get into your REM sleep, you know, and then you already know going into it is going to be a short. Yeah, but see then siesta. when I do
1: that, when I try to do that, my mind is thinking too much. Like like okay, I, I only got like twenty minutes. I only got to like twenty minutes to go to, well, to get the rest. So I'm just gonna I'm just so gonna you lay cleared, here you don't and be anxious about, about about uh only getting this twenty minutes. And then you, I'm like, well, that was a waste of twenty minutes because I just laid here with anxiety.
2: You don't do that. So you go into it. You're like, I'm gonna sit down for a short amount of time. You clear your mind. You breathe slow. You fall asleep. Well, set an alarm first. And then when your alarm goes off, you just get up. You're like, okay, cool. I got where I needed to be. Now it's time to get up and take on the day. And it like it gives you about a good three hours.
0: What you may remember from last episode, though, is that ominous prophetic dreams make great plot devices. And so it should come as no surprise that I only bothered mentioning his power nap because he had an ominous prophetic dream. Yeah. As Arthur slept he saw visions of a land ravaged and tormented by griffins, serpents, and monsters of all the skin-tearing and people-eating varieties. They feasted on the common folk, spread chaos, and inspired real terror. Arthur was the eventual hero in his dream, managing to strike down every last monster. But while restoring order to a land haunted by death and injury, he himself was badly wounded. By what? The battles between the, him and the griffin serpents and monsters that, like, ate people.
1: Mm. The they Gryffindors and the Slytherins.
0: The Gryffindors and the Slytherins, yes. Gotcha. If you've ever had a vivid dream, especially a vivid nightmare, you can imagine how stressful this one was for the young king. Arthur couldn't seem to shrug off the images of blood and gore.
1: It fit well in modern society.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. When some of us experience an episode of anxiety, we try grounding exercises or getting some fresh air, taking a walk, etc.
2: I smoke weed. I scream at the top of my lungs.
0: Or those things. When you're a king and you've got knights as <laughs> traveling companions, <laughs> you trade a walk for a hunt, I guess.
1: People, Right. You hunt people? No. no. Oh. Commoners? Well,
0: how, what kind of king
1: is he if he's not hunting people? He's well, you wouldn't call them people. Oh, that's that's, that's fair. Yeah. Serfs. Yeah. Serfs. Peasants. Serfs. Yeah. peasants. yeah. Gotcha.
0: This is King Arthur. He's supposed to be the good one.
2: Is there really a good one, though? Okay,
0: moving on. Okay. <laughs> Arthur gathers <laughs> his knights together for a hunting party, and they ride off into the forest in search of game.
1: To hunt peasants,
0: The party soon startled a heart, a.k.a. a male deer, and not a person or peasant. It could have been a peasant dressed as a deer.
2: A man they used to call a stag. And
0: Arthur personally (laughs) gave chase. Sip, sip.
1: Fair enough. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Cheers cheers to chasing peasants. skull.
0: (laughs) Even though it wasn't a person. It does seem a little harsh that a deer has to die because this guy had stress dreams, but who am I to judge the rich and powerful? I am poor and powerless. Well, how
1: else were they going to eat it? Would it be more kind to eat the deer alive or kill it and then eat
0: it? But he wasn't hunting because he was hungry or they needed food. He was hunting because he was stressed. Oh, I guarantee you they kept it.
1: I guarantee you they kept it. Didn't people waste shit back then?
0: Hold that thought. Luckily for the deer, he was fast as hell. Steroids. Probably. Arthur's horse could not catch up. But this is a hero. He shan't give up. No, no. Arthur chases the deer all day long despite never gaining on it.
1: Mm. Never getting them gains. Better than me.
0: And so noble and Admirable an act this is. Arthur goes on until his exhausted horse dies right underneath him from overexertion. His
1: exhausted horse died right underneath him. <laughs> Hate it when that happens. <laughs> 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 Quick, Noble knights, barrier!
0: What a good king. Let his horse die.
2: <laughs> I'll back.
0: <laughs> Arthur isn't going to pursue his game on foot, so he finally takes a chill pill and rests under a tree. However, his rest is interrupted by an entire pack of baying hounds, seemingly headed straight for him. Arthur looks about for the source of the sound, perhaps expecting another hunting party. But instead, he catches sight of a creature that gives him a brief double take.
1: Cerberus. It was Cerberus. No. Oh, no. Well, this story's wrong. Wrong, your research do your research. Was it Brian from Family Guy?
0: It was not Brian from Was it the Fox
1: and the Hound from Fox and the Hound? Mm. No. Oh.
2: Was it the dog from Scooby Doo? All dogs go to heaven. It could have been the the
1: all dogs go to heaven dogs.
2: No, they're in heaven right
1: now. Oh, that's true.
0: I'm gonna tell you what it is. Oh, okay.
1: I I forgot that's how stories work. Ah. (laughs) I thought we were just supposed to guess.
2: That's how my stories work.
0: That's why we don't listen to your (laughs) stories.
2: That's fair. Poor Miles for the best.
0: (laughs) Coming toward him is a beast the likes of which he's never seen before the body of a leopard, the neck and head of a serpent. The thighs and tail of a lion, and the legs of a stag. <laughs>
1: the thighs and tail of a thick bitch.
2: <laughs> now that's a mascot we can get behind. That's school spirit right there. If I had a mascot like that, I would have some school spirit. <laughs> full circle, baby. Full circle. All right. All
1: right. So what? What? What kind of Camaro was this? Can you please list the body parts again?
0: Sure. <laughs> <laughs> the body of a leopard. Okay. The neck and head of a serpent, the thighs and tail of a lion, and the legs of a stag. Arthur is already very afraid.
1: That would be. Sounds like it. If
0: you missed it last episode, Arthur is Cletus's very handsome dog, and he will be here for every episode, and he will immediately stop making noise when a mic is in front of him. (laughs) But look how happy he looks. He does. He He does does look look very very happy.
2: Very content.
0: Just wants attention, which he deserves. He does. King Arthur.
2: Ah. <laughs> King Arthur of the this round story table. is about him.
1: <laughs>
0: ah. There we go. I'm so cute. Arthur cannot move, cannot speak for the shock of his discovery. The sound of barking and yelping dogs came from deep inside the creature. The beast paid Arthur no mind, intent on a nearby spring. While it drank, it seemed to hit pause on that really terrible sound of hounds from its belly. But it auto-played again the second it was finished wetting its gullet. The beast disappears, though loudly, into the forest once it's done.
2: I feel like I can hear the hounds in my mind.
0: Yeah, not in front of you, in no, your mind. No, in my
2: mind. Yeah, yes, yes, that's what they would sound like. Yes. Like my mind, sometimes I can kind of project what I'm (laughs) hearing. And I'm just going to like play a couple sounds. Arthur
0: knows the story. He does. That's what he's saying. (laughs) Am I telling it wrong? Am I? Arthur.
2: That stern look he gave you. (laughs) That stern look he gave you.
0: She does no research.
2: (laughs) So, to recap, Arthur is getting the break and the rest that his horse did not get. Yes. <laughs> and he is awoken and scared because he hears hounds approaching in the distance.
0: And really, it's this terrifying creature, and it sounds like a pack of hounds. Yeah, A
1: yep. uh, head of a
0: serpent, head and neck of a serpent,
1: body of a leopard, um, the ass and thighs of a thick bitch, and... And so, a stag, I think a stag's cock or something. You
0: got yes. so much closer than I would assume you could get. There
2: was a wop in there somewhere,
1: too.
0: <laughs> anyway. Arthur... But, but that's not what
1: was barking. Its belly was barking. Yeah, it,
0: that's the sound oh, that comes boy. from the creature. Yeah.
1: Mess.
0: Arthur doesn't have much time to do anything. But think about the strange beast. Because mm-hmm. as we said... His horse done died, correct. Until along comes an unfamiliar knight on his own, nearly killed over from exhaustion horse. Mm. And I hope you guys enjoyed the scripts from last week because we have more. Yay! Who wants to be the knight and who wants to be Arthur? I don't let me, care. Uh,
2: let me go get my voice actor real quick. I'll be right back.
1: Here, give me. Get, just give me who you want me to be. Are we ready? Hey, you! Have you seen a terrifying interpretation of a giraffe waltzing around here?
2: Actually, I did just see the most bizarre creature. It had a spotted torso like that of a leopard. Uh Uh-huh. The scaly neck and no-nose Voldemort face of a serpent. Mm Mm-hmm. And the strong, just... Strong thighs and unmistakable tail of a lion.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry, sir. Did you
2: just say you were checking out the beast's thighs? And the legs. The legs of a stag. I don't think I'll ever forget it.
1: Right. Well, that's exactly the creature I'm looking for. Which way did it go? Well, it stopped at that spring
2: there. Took a drink and headed deeper into the forest. That-a-way. He's probably about... I don't know. Two miles off by now, though. However- No time! I must be off. But destiny waits. Good sir. You mustn't hold me
1: up any longer!
2: Dude, seriously, I, I think your horse just died.
1: Huh? Oh, so it has. Suppose I can stop the chat after all.
0: Arthur had grown more curious about this random knight by the second, so he asked for his name. The knight replied that he was Pellinore, not recognizing the King Arthur as a king at all, Pelinor dove into his backstory, explaining that he had been pursuing the bizarre creature for 12 months in an effort to slay the damn thing. One must wonder how many other horses had died in the process, but moving on. Pelinor's reasons tie back to the Questing Beast's origin story. Long ago, Pelinor's great-great-grandfather's sister fell in love with their older brother, Galahad, son of King Hipponnesus.
1: <laughs> I'm try that again Hipponese King Hipponese
0: Hipponies Hipponese hipponies. hipponies is what we're going with.
1: I like Hipponese. Hey.
0: Please refer back to my first disclaimer if you have a complaint on how I pronounce that. A demon approached the princess, promising her Galahad's affection, if she gave the demon her virginity in exchange.
2: Those damn demons there
0: she thought this sounded just dandy and got jiggy with a demon in the hopes that she could one day get jiggy with her own brother na na
1: na 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 na
0: na 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 na.
2: what in the game of thrones is going on
0: well the demon not only got the princess pregnant but he manipulated her into accusing her far less incestuous brother, Galahad, of rape. Yikes. King Hippomenes was thoroughly icked out by this supposed crime, and he sentenced Galahad to death by a pack of dogs.
2: <laughs>
0: While being torn limb from limb, Galahad bestowed a prophecy onto the princess, which sounds pretty metal. Was it? (laughs) No, the prophecy had details and words and stuff.
2: Oh, okay. I'm surprised he can get that out. Being, you know,
1: (laughs) torn apart and
0: everything. He's pretty metal, like I said. Yeah.
1: He turned her into a demon with dogs in its barking belly. Barking dogs in its belly. Close. But she still had them thick thighs and ass. Hey.
0: His sister would give birth to the demon's child, a monstrosity that would bay and howl like the very hounds that devoured him, and the creature would not rest until a descendant of their own house slew it. Thus, the questing beast was born, and Pellinore was duty-bound to slay it. Mm. As Pellinore finishes up, one of Arthur's squires finally decides to show up with a fresh horse for his king, Having just added his dead horse to the growing pile presumably off screen, Pelinor begs Arthur for the use of his new horse. He would kill this questing beast or die trying. Arthur was less convinced the beast's downfall had to be one of Pelinor's line and was a bit worried over the guy's clear obsession with his quest. Arthur suggested that, at the very least, Pelinor should rest for a duration equal to the amount of time he spent prancing about forest, killing horses in pursuit of the creature. Pelinor hunting so vigorously surely counted for something. But alas, Pelinor wasn't having it. All her, her neb, yep, retake mm, that, Bourbon. That. All who pursued the questing beast did so with feverish intent. Sometimes to the point of derangement. And Obsession. Pelinor Yes. And Pelinor was one of the first to suffer in this way, but he wouldn't be the last. Now you can flip to the other side of your scripts.
2: <clears throat> I've only got one side, so I'm just gonna wing this.
0: You are a liar. <laughs> Miles.
2: This is coming straight from my mind here. Is that and a, just, is, is that just a quality
0: of Spider-Man? Lying? well yeah the he truth. was a yeah. teenager yeah. also 100 percent, the quality of a superhero is to lie about your identity
1: yeah that's fair so yeah
0: which you've done very poorly on this podcast
2: uh, it's early a great job it's early <laughs> <laughs> done a fantastic job
0: anyway moving on to our main story again let's take it away
2: i don't know man it just seems like you could use a break it's important to take care of yourself, and you seem a little obsessed.
1: Look, I can quit any time I want to! I just don't want to! This quest is the doom of my family and I'm committed to seeing it through!
2: Well, well in good consciousness, I just, I can't condone this. So, good luck without a horse.
0: Arthur waved to Esquire to bring his new horse closer. He had important kingly matters to return to himself, Presumably,
1: I suppose you're right.
2: Oh wait, what's that? What? I don't see anything. What did you? Oh damn it! He just stole my horse.
0: Pellinor, proving himself a master of deceit, had shoved the squire out of the way when Arthur was distracted and leapt onto the fresh horse. Aha! I am victorious.
2: I mean, you could come down and fight me like a man for the horse.
1: Put a pin in that. We can spar another day at this very spring. For now, I am off once more to face my destiny! Damn it.
2: All right, Squire. Fetch me another horse. I'll just wait under this tree again.
1: I like how King Arthur's Squire can keep horses in his pocket. Yes.
0: Well, he did wait quite some time for the <laughs> Squire to come. <laughs>
1: Fetch me another horse. Here it is, sir.
0: I will wait it. Yes, like sir. You. Right here.
2: Yes, sir. Right away, sir. In my pocket, sir.
0: Remember this next time your SUV breaks down on the side of the road.
1: I wish I had a squad. That'd be a good, like a good name for like like a, a, a U-Haul, not U-Haul, but like a, a what are they called? The people that come fix your broken down shit. AAA? Yeah, like a Triple A company. Not a tow
0: sponsored. Truck, a
2: tow truck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, a tow truck. Yeah, yeah. That'd be good. Good company name for him. Squire? The trusty Squire. <laughs> we'll in- fetch you as many times as you need, Sir,
2: <laughs> It's the name of a guitar, which fetches you a trusty tune. It's a Squire.
0: Copyright. Cletus.
2: Sponsor us, Squire Guitars. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah, yeah sure.
0: Appreciate- if nobody's making money off this, it's gonna
1: be me! Because <laughs> nobody's gonna make money off of it.
0: Well,
2: except for our sponsors.
0: <laughs> we're kind of at the end of our tale with that script, but some after story. Pelinor wouldn't kill the questing beast in his lifetime, what? though he would later spar with Arthur, as Arthur requested. Fun. Almost killing him. Was it at Ooh. the very stream? It was at the very stream. Spring, I think, is the word Spring. I Spring? Yes. It was like a well. And he would become a knight of the round table. I remember that. I actually remembered him as a knight of the round table. Merlin was there. He smoothed it over. Hey,
2: man, you almost (laughs) ended my life. You know what? I could use a guy like you.
0: I mean, it means he was skilled.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I could could say, well, you'd want the strong people at your side, not against you. Like, holy shit, you whooped my ass. Serve me, please.
0: This tale is actually supposed to be one of foreshadowing and disastrous warnings. Arthur, if you did not already know, unwittingly slept with his sister, Morgana, resulting in the birth of Mordred, a.k.a. his kingly doom. Uh, Mordred destroys his realm, his people, and kills him. Well, you know what's Maybe another, like, story later, stories... another story for later. Possibly another
2: story for later.
1: When you tell us these stories, I, like... I used to be really into this shit, like in high, like high school. So I'm me getting too, these things too. coming back, like mm-hmm. from like high school literature, and it's like, like oh, yeah, I remember song. that. Oh,
2: it's yeah, all coming back that. to me.
1: And I'm just waiting for you to be like, oh yeah, Sir Guywin <laughs> and the Green Knight, and like,
2: <laughs> and the Sword and the Stone.
0: <laughs> that was a good also, movie. Thank you. I that was waiting for somebody movie. to say something. That was a good and movie. There will too long. be a test on this, so study.
1: I'm not a good test taker, <laughs> oh, you mean that thing that we test what you learned mm. we we see how much knowledge you've gained You're if not I good test at that? Do you
2: mean there will be another drink on this? Well, because this was delicious.
0: another drink on this, yes, my hot take from this story was that incest probably always bad,
1: unless it's biblical
2: or mythical. God's goddesses
0: If I say this is mythical Do I isolate any potential British listeners?
1: I don't know I'm well, not British not do it. Oh I'm not British I
0: mean, Oh that did it though
1: Part of, <laughs> part of
0: <laughs> As I said Arthur unwittingly slept With Morgana He, he didn't, didn't know who his parents were no, He didn't know who He his was, was, was a bastard He, he never, was a bastard! Merlin is the one who reveals to Arthur the revelation of his parents. So
1: he didn't tell him that before he fucked the sister? No. Yeah, man, get in there and do that. Wait, who? Uh, so, you did so what? Basically, who? So basically, I, I I'm meant to tell so you. So basically Merlin just had a fetish and he yeah. was like, Oh yeah, man, go for it, dude. Go for it.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. This girl you were telling me about. Yeah, sure. Whoever whatever her name was, just go for it. Tell me in your story later. In
0: defense of Merlin, and then he's like, "That's really that one night, you son of a bitch." I did not do enough research to know if he was involved in Arthur's life at the time that he slept with Morgana, so I cannot tell you whether this was like an oversight or not. In fairness, I also do remember from school that. Arthur ignored pretty much all of Merlin's warnings, mm. and I'm sure Crazy I'm going to get Crazy some old comments that this is wrong, <laughs> but I do I do remember specifically Merlin saying, Guinevere, maybe not the best choice of a bride, and Arthur was like, she hot, you wrong. <laughs> And that did turn no. out my, my, pretty bad. He, he's like, my favorite
1: part about her is she looks kind of like me. Morgana, <laughs>
2: stay away from Vera's Morgana. Not his
1: sister. Stay
2: away from Morgana. You know what? Crazy old Merlin. He's like, he's like, he's like he's, they're,
1: they're sitting around the campfire. He's like, stay away from Morgana. He's like, oh, I see you don't want second son soup. And he's like, you know what? You should go after Morgana. You're right. She is hot. And then like a year later, after he beds her, he's like. Like immediately after he comes out, he's like, "Yeah, I heard you in there, fucking Morgana. Remember that night you stole my soup at the campfire? You just fucked your sister. Yeah, gonna take that. So that's wh- that's how we got the story of King Arthur.
2: Bro, you just told me that now. <laughs> we got a kid together and everything. Well, I mean, it came out hideous, but
0: <laughs> I just have five words left of this sentence, so I'm gonna say that." <laughs> <laughs> that his parents were uther pendragon and lady igraine i thought that was arthur them. did not know that it and that familiar. was morgana's parents so when he saw her the princess like well, you know honestly know.
1: honestly all kings and queens are product of incest anyway so what's the big fucking deal
0: I don't know if they were like outwardly acknowledging that. Well, in Western culture, at this point.
1: Yeah, but everybody knows that now. But not yeah. then. Well, You're being led by a bunch of inbred babies.
0: So the inbred babies. The questing beast, who was itself a product of not incest directly, but the desire for it. Um, technically, it was an antichrist baby-esque <laughs> kind of thing.
1: Well, what? why was it called <laughs> the questing beast? What was its quest?
0: Okay, so one of my sources did have a big, long English paper-esque answer to that. I, I didn't put it in my notes.
1: <laughs> but what was the gist of it?
0: Well, From what you can uh, remember. It, it had to do with the source word for questing, and the fact that you could take it as the family member's quest to slay the beast
1: oh and then
0: there was like a dual meaning so i mean i have editing power so i, I mean just that's
1: fine you, you do you i was just curious yeah that was actually a serious question not I, me I was, being a prick gracious. i was thinking
0: that um you guys wouldn't care so i didn't write it down
2: <laughs> we always care
1: we got the questing beast and the side questing beast over here that's doing whatever the fuck he's doing
2: i'm on a side quest <laughs> I'm trying to pick these flowers! I'm collecting coins, I am.
1: The side-questing beast was the real hero. He's how he got all the money. He's how his, bro- his brother, the questing beast, got all the money.
2: That's how he got his and XP And those cool fucking
1: outfits. That's right. how he got that fucking dog-barking emote from his stomach. The side-quests. Unlocked.
0: So... To answer your question with my super prepared notes. Yes, totally. You gonna, are so good at that. I'm, I'm going to directly credit this to MythBank.com, which is a really cool resource if you guys are ever interested. <laughs> I bet as our about listeners. to website, which is I a use real
1: it. website.
0: Also, also not a sponsor, but just a really cool resource. Sponsor I found. us. The well they, they need sponsors, so they're not gonna sponsor us. They'll sponsor, sponsor each us other. so we can
2: sponsor you so that we can collectively sponsor so, each other please, and then get more sponsors.
1: Please don't ever use us again.
0: Oh, no. Stop saying our name. I really like this source. I hope he doesn't hate us. The but anyway, questing comes from the word questin in Middle English, which has two meanings. It can refer to pursuing like the modern verb to quest for something mm-hmm. but it can also refer to barking like the sound made by the beast. Oh. Therefore, the name questing beast that, has a double meaning.
1: That's the most logical the fact that it that meant was barking. A quote. Yeah, yeah, the fact that it meant barking.
0: But the questing beast does go on to kill many. Um in fact, one of the future pursuers it has, mm-hmm. as I said, Sir Pellinore is not the one to kill it.
2: Well, um, who was?
1: Were they related to Pellinor at least? Because it was his family's
2: place. He had to be.
0: Sir Percival, who was related to him, was part of the party that killed him, oh, but Percy. it was Sir Palamedes who um, had either. 12 associates or 12 family members that were killed by the beast. So.
2: Sir Paladrome was one of them. Uh, hmm.
0: <laughs> but the, the questing beast is often a fruitless quest mm. for those pursuing it. And the way I'm going to kind of tie this all back around full circle into the holiday. If is everybody
1: was able to pay attention.
0: That when someone who cares about you tells you to take a break, take a break. That that is my that is my whether,
1: and then steal their horse
2: <laughs> whether they know you or not
1: right which also says it's okay to steal from the rich
2: that's what I got from it you tell them
0: I'm just cut that
1: cut that
2: cut that cut that <laughs> he told him come here we're men we're men in touch. good boy got that Cut that.
0: That that's it for my tale this week, guys. I hope you liked it.
1: I didn't like it. Oh, it I was loved rather it.
0: familiar, ah. Ah.
1: but not really because I didn't remember anything until it was like after we went. Yeah, after it. we went through it.
0: the The questing beast is actually pretty common in modern resources. Like Magic: The Gathering has a questing mm, yeah. beast inspired card, and it shows up and shows a lot. Um, not with the same origins, but it showed up in like the BBC show Merlin. There was a. It uh, shows up quite a bit. There was a. There was well, a Arthurian tales in general do, but there
1: was a beast like it in the game called Dragon's Dogma as well, but it was just Chimera is what they call it. Just ah. any kind of beast this, yeah. Like like you know like Full Metal, any kind of beast this multiple part. Well, animals.
2: The modern game of football. Oh, you
1: got sad because uh, uh, Edward, no, mm, don't hurt, Daddy. Stop. <laughs>
2: When football was invented, they actually had a position. You pull, creature. And that position was called the questing beast. And what that player would do was bark out commands to other players on the field. I can he's kidding. And he's bullshitting. No. I can't tell. It, it was that player's job to bark out commands to everybody else on the field. It was a little bit intimidating with it being the questing beast. So they kept the Q and B, the old QB, and turned into the quarterback. Okay. Who barks out commands to his this teammates This
0: is
1: bullshit.
2: Blue forty two. Blue forty two. Huh?
1: I mean, questing it makes beast. sense, but I think he's full of shit. It, I mean, like that. that
2: is how that position evolved over time from questing beast to quarterback.
0: But it's You're not welcome. even a European game. Folks, if you take anything away from our podcast this holiday season, do not trust your neighborhood friendly Spider Man. He is full of it.
2: Truth. He's full of truth. Because dragons In drink history. bourbon and spit truth. Wicked, wicked. Truth.
0: I'm going to hit end now. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> the bourbons and the dragons are clean, but
0: Original music by Maria Vincent and art by Something by LP. The crew here at Dragons Drink Bourbon supports safe drinking practices, which is why we coat our stomachs with a nice, filling meal before each recording. This food is sponsored by Hot Wings Express in Phoenix City, Alabama, because we.
2: Dare to wing it.
0: Follow us on Facebook and Instagram at ddb.podcast.